Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be creating the all-upside team in fantasy football for the 2022 season. If you want to call it a sleeper list, you can do that. I generally don't like the term sleeper because it's not clearly defined, but we will define what we're talking about today. Again, it's the all-upside team, so I will give you a clear definition. Uh, If you want any more fantasy football content, please check out the episode feed on the podcast. We've got plenty, including positional previews, a mock draft, and team previews, and our full fantasy football 2022 draft guide is available on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, let's start talking upside. In fantasy football, every single player has a range of outcomes on a weekly basis and a yearly basis. The guys that we're going to be talking about today have such a wide range of outcomes that every single player on this list has a chance to finish in the top five at their position. They all have a reasonable path to complete that accomplishment this season. So like I said, you can call it a sleeper list if you want. I will define sleeper as somebody who is not drafted at the top of their position, but has the chance to finish at the top of their position. A name that nobody's talking about now, but everybody's going to be talking about come January. Like I said, they have the most upside. There's a chance that they could finish at the very top of fantasy football. So an example of a guy who will not be on this list is a guy like Nick Chubb, a guy who's being drafted as like the 13th running back off the board on most websites, and he's somebody who is likely to finish around that 9 to 13 range. He's in a backfield committee with Kareem Hunt, so he will never see 100% of the carries, and he's not in a high-powered offense to see a whole lot of red zone usage, and he's not a receiving running back to see a whole lot of targets and catches. So what that means is the range of outcomes for Nick Chubb, I really don't think there's a way that Nick Chubb could ever be running back one, maybe peak running back five, but I think the most likely range of outcomes would be running back nine to 13. That's an example of a guy you will not see on this list. The very consistent, very safe, high floor guys. The guys on this list are guys that, through various factors of the situation that they find themselves in, could very well finish in the top 10 or top 5 at their position, but they could also see themselves well outside that mark. So, we're going to start by talking about quarterbacks and tight ends, because in fantasy football, you only play one quarterback and one tight end, so the way that the rankings work is fairly similar. So, for quarterbacks and tight ends, I'm going to give you one player outside the top 5 at their position outside the top 10 at their position, and outside the top 20 at their position that have the chance to finish top five, top three, or even top one. And we're going to talk about the path that they take to get there. Let's start with quarterbacks. Generally speaking, when it comes to the quarterback position, better quarterbacks finish better in fantasy. I know that's not like a mind-blowing fact or nothing, but guys like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers generally finish near the top in fantasy. But there are ways where we could have a guy who is actually not that great of a quarterback finish near the top of the leaderboard in fantasy football. And there are two X factors that can go into making that happen. The first is being on a good offense. 
and that can be obtained by one of two ways. The first way is to have a lot of talent around that quarterback. So we either want a lot of talented skill position players at the receiver and running back positions, or we want a really good offensive line to hold that pocket for our quarterback to score more fantasy points. The other way that we could have a sneaky good offense is to be a well-coached offense. We want coaches who have a track record of scoring a lot of points in the NFL. Either way, if you're on a good offense, you're going to have a lot of red zone opportunities. And we all know in fantasy football, touchdowns are king. So more red zone opportunities is going to lead to more fantasy points. That is why we want quarterbacks on good offenses. The other X factor is the ability to run the football. A rushing touchdown is worth more than a passing touchdown. A rushing yard is worth more than a passing yard. So if quarterbacks are able to find the end zone, and or run the football, you could see them finish much better than where their actual play should put them at in fantasy football. So the first name on our all upside team for quarterbacks is going to be Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is currently being drafted as the seventh quarterback off the board. And Jalen Hurts is a guy who QB1 is in his range of outcomes. He was actually QB1 after week 11 last season. Now, granted, he had played one more game than a few quarterbacks, but he was still there as the QB1. And then he suffered an ankle injury that kind of saw a steady decline to the finish line, but he was still a solid fantasy option week in and week out. One thing that I really like about Jalen Hurts is not only does he use his feet to run the ball, but he was the number one quarterback in points per drop back last season. The Eagles were not a team that passed the ball a whole lot. So granted, he didn't have as many dropbacks as say a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert, but he was very efficient in those opportunities and it led to fancy success. Now he's in an offense where there are no additional running threats to take away from his red zone carries and touchdown opportunities for rushing the football. But also, they added A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans, who is a great contested catch maker who can help allow this passing offense to take off until the next level. So because of his dual threat upside, I think that Jalen Hurts is a quarterback with a lot of upside, and QB1 is in the range of outcomes. And that is why he makes the mark for my all-upside team. Now, looking outside the top 10, the quarterback that I think that has the upside to finish as QB1 is Trey Lance. He is currently being drafted as the 13th quarterback off the board. Now, Trey Lance got to start three games last season in place of Jimmy Garoppolo, and they were actually against three above-average defenses, and he scored 20, 15, and 20 fantasy points in those three games. Now, those will not get you to QB1 or QB5, but... He was a very high rate for points per drop back, like I mentioned with Jalen Hurts. And also, if you extrapolated Trey Lance's rushing numbers, he would have led all quarterbacks in carries per game for a 17-game season. So Trey Lance is somebody that he's going to be efficient when he drops back. He's going to have plenty of opportunity to run the football. And I really like the situation he's going into with the weapons and the coaching around him in San Francisco. Debo Samuel is an elite offensive weapon wherever he's deployed. Brandon Ayuk is a very good deep threat receiver. And then George Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the league. We also know that Kyle Shanahan is one of the most creative and best offensive minds in football. And so this offense is going to score points and it's going to be through the arm and the legs of Trey Lance. And like I said with Jalen Hurts, I think that QB1 is in Trey Lance's range of outcomes. And so he makes my all upside team as the quarterback outside the top 10. Now looking outside the top 20, 
This guy is basically free in drafts right now. He's probably going to be available on waivers after your draft finishes, and that is Daniel Jones. He is currently being drafted as the 27th quarterback off the board. Now, I know what you're thinking. Daniel Jones is not a good NFL quarterback. However, let's think about the paths to fantasy success. Daniel Jones does have the ability to run the football. You know, he will occasionally stumble before he scores a touchdown, but, you know, he does have that running opportunity in front of him. And he also, in the four weeks of last season, first four weeks of last season, I should say, he averaged 24 points per game in those four games. That was when the Giants' offense was healthy, not, you know, when injuries started plaguing them and he was just throwing to anybody and everybody that would line up out there. So when he has talent around him, I actually think that he has the opportunity to perform. 24 points per game would have finished very nicely in the quarterback rankings last season. He's got the best weapons of his career now with a fully healthy Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Toney in his second year, more on him later, and Kenny Galladay still in New York also. And he's also got the best offensive coaching of his career with Brian Dable coming over from the Buffalo Bills. So I just see Daniel Jones as a guy that he's pretty much free in fantasy football right now. And I think that a top five quarterback finish is actually within his range of outcomes. I think that it's more likely he finishes in the 10 to 15 range. But since that he's being drafted as the 27th quarterback off the board, He's definitely worth a shot, and that is why he makes my all-upside team. When it comes to the tight end position in fantasy football, the path to fantasy football relevance is actually quite simple. We want our tight ends to see a lot of high-quality targets. Now, what I mean when I say high-quality targets, there's actually two parts behind it. The first part is those targets have to be accurate. Accurate quarterbacks will lead to increased tight end production because they're actually hitting their mark. Second, we want our tight ends to see a lot of targets in the red zone. Remember, one touchdown is worth the same as 60 yards. So how does a tight end see more targets in the red zone? Well, being a part of a good offense helps. Being a part of an offense that's going to have plenty of red zone opportunities and plenty of opportunities to score touchdowns will lead for more opportunities for their tight ends to score more points and more touchdowns. So let's go over the all upside team for the tight end position. First is going to be Zach Ertz of the Arizona Cardinals. He has a current ADP of the ninth tight end off the board. If you just looked at the games that Zach Ertz played in Arizona last season, he would have been tight end four during that time. Again, he's being drafted as ninth off the board. That's immediate top five upside right there. It's also worth noting that DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss six games this season due to his suspension. So these are six games where Zach Ertz is going to see a bigger target share and is going to greatly have an opportunity to finish above that draft position of tight end nine. Arizona is a good offense. Kyler Murray, while I don't think he's worth his ADP right now, but that's another story, is an above average NFL quarterback. And so Zach Ertz is going to see plenty of opportunity to beat that draft position and definitely has the upside to finish in the top five among tight ends this season. Second on my high upside team is Albert Okue Benam. I'm going to call him Albert O out of Denver. He is currently being drafted as the 20th tight end off the board in full PPR scoring. Now, this is just insane to me because Alberto has a stat that absolutely blew my mind when I saw it. He averaged 2.46 yards per route run last season. Among tight ends, that would have been good for fourth in the league. It would have been ahead of Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. So what this means is when he was on the field and he was getting targeted, Alberto was very efficient. The ball was thrown to him and he was able to catch it. Very 
easily. Now, the reason why he didn't finish as a fantasy relevant tight end last season is because he wasn't on the field a whole lot. And that was because Noah Fant, who was also a fringe top 10 tight end last season, was in Denver. But not only now is Noah Fant gone and in Seattle, but imported from Seattle was quarterback Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, a much better quarterback than Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. And so Alberto is now going to be able to see the full snap share that the starting tight end will receive, and he is getting targets from a great quarterback in Russell Wilson. Because of this, I just see an opportunity for Alberto to finish as a top five tight end. That 2.46 yards per route run, if it holds, with increased targets, with higher quality targets, is going to make him a highly coveted fantasy commodity this season, and Alberto has the upside to finish in the top five at his position. Now, looking outside the top 20, I like Gerald Everett for the Los Angeles Chargers to beat his ADP of tight end 21. Now, in Seattle last season, Gerald Everett only saw 70% of snaps, and he was 21st among tight ends in route run, and I think that he will beat both of those numbers this season because now he is a Los Angeles Charger, a team that plays 11 personnel a lot, and he figures to be the tight end in the game when they're in 11 personnel. He's going to have elite quarterback play with Justin Herbert. He's going to be on the field a lot, and he's going to be on an offense that likes to throw a lot. So Gerald Everett is a name that I think could finish as a top five tight end, and he's currently being drafted as the 21st tight end off the board. Those are my all upside tight ends. Let's take a quick break and then move over to running backs and receivers who have a slightly different set of rules. If you like all of the stats that you are hearing in this episode and you are wondering, where can I have access to those? Well, you are in luck. Head to patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. It is all available and more in my 2022 fantasy football draft guide. Only $3 a month to subscribe to my Patreon and it will pay for itself with this draft guide. It's got all the information that you're hearing and more. So head on over to patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. It is the draft guide that will help you win your league this season. For running backs and wide receivers, I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. So because there's so many of them and so many of them that start in fantasy football, you know, you're not just starting one of them per week. I'm going to be naming running backs and receivers that are outside the top 10, top 20, top 30, and top 40 that have the upside to finish inside the top 10 or top five at their position. We're going to start with running backs. For the running back position, what I look for in terms of upside is I want to see running backs who have the opportunity to score a lot of touchdowns and the opportunity to see a lot of targets. In PPR, scoring one catch is going to be worth more than one carry in general because of that point per reception. I also want running backs who have a chance to exceed their projected Uh, carry share and their projected target share. So in other words, I want running backs who are going to get the ball more than people think they're going to. I hope that makes sense. All right. I'll explain here for this specific example coming up first. The running back that I'm going to put on my all upside team first is Saquon Barkley. He is currently being drafted as running back 13. A big reason that Saquon Barkley has upside is he's finished as the first running back in fantasy football before in 2018. Now, last season, Saquon Barkley finished as a disappointing running back 30, but if you look at his game log last season, he never saw over 16 carries in a game. This season, I think that he's going to exceed that number greatly. 
The Giants are going to be an improved offense under offensive coordinator Brian Dable, and there is nobody in New York to compete for carries with Saquon. I think that he's going to see 16 carries pretty regularly. Now, last season, even with those limited carries, he still had three games over 18 points, and I think that he will be able to make it a regular habit to score over 18 points this season with the improved offense, with the increased carries, because if you have not heard, This is his second year recovering from his torn ACL, and so he is going to be fully healthy and is back to being the explosive player that he was pre-injury. Saquon Barkley, upside to finish as the first running back in fantasy football. The second running back on my all-upside team is a guy that I'm not super-duper high on drafting at his current ADP, but he does possess a lot of upside, and that is Brees Hall of the New York Jets. He's currently being drafted as the 24th running back off the board. The risk in Brees Hall is the fact that they drafted Michael Carter last season, and Michael Carter had a fairly successful rookie campaign in New York. So we don't exactly know how the carries and targets are going to play out among those two running backs. That's the risk. However, here is the upside. The Jets have invested in their offensive line in free agency and through the draft, so it's going to be an improved unit You know that hasn't really been that good in previous years. And also, at least one rookie running back has finished in the top 15 each of the last 10 seasons. Brees Hall figures to be the one that can do that this year because he is the one that is stepping into the best opportunity to be a workhorse running back. If Brees Hall gets to 240 touches, that essentially guarantees him a top 15 finish. If you were able to extrapolate last season and think about what Michael Carter did when Tevin Coleman was not playing, Michael Carter would have easily saw 240 touches. So if you think that Hall just kind of places the the Carter touches, then there's easily an opportunity that he gets to that 240 number. And for that reason, I think that he definitely has top five, top 10 upside because he was an electric player at Iowa State. He was a very fun player to watch and he scored a lot of touchdowns. So if he gets the touches that I think he deserves, he has the chance to finish top five, top 10 at running back this season. Next up is Ramondre Stevenson of the New England Patriots, who is being drafted as the 34th running back off the board. Lost in the news shuffle this week was the retirement of the Patriots pass catching back James White. So if James White is no longer in New England, that opens up a lot of targets to the running back position that I believe are going to be heading to Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson is still in a committee. Yes, Damian Harris is still there. But if you look at the carry share last season, Harris didn't significantly outsnap or outcarry. Ramondre Stevenson, but Damian Harris scored 15 touchdowns. If those kind of average themselves out, I think that Ramondre Stevenson has the chance to finish top 10 at the position and take over as the lead back in New England and the one that you want on your roster because I think Harris was way too touchdown dependent and some of those touchdowns have to find their way to Stevenson this season. Last on the all-upside team is Damian Pierce, who is being drafted as the 43rd running back off the board. So Damian Pierce was a kind of a niche prospect coming out of Florida. He wasn't somebody who saw a super big workload, super big stats at Florida, but he was used on all three downs, and I think he can walk immediately into a high usage rate over in Houston. If you're thinking about the Houston offense, they're not really going to let Davis Mills throw it 50 times a game because that is not a path to success for them. They're going to want to establish the run. They're going to want to make life easier on their young quarterback. And a way that you can do that is by giving it to Damian Pierce, who was a very efficient player in college. 
college. And I think that if he walks into this workhorse role in Houston, has the upside being drafted at running back 43 to finish at the top 10 at the running back position this season. All right, that wraps up the running backs. Let's talk wide receivers. Wide receivers are very similar to tight ends in that their upside is going to be equal to the quality of their targets. I want guys who are going to be getting accurate passes thrown their way and those passes to be in the red zone and scoring touchdowns. So the first wide receiver that makes my all upside team is Michael Pittman Jr. of the Indianapolis Colts. So one reason that I really like Pittman is last season, He had Carson Wentz as his quarterback and was 55th in the league in target accuracy last season, meaning out of the whole NFL and all of the quarterback wide receiver combinations, Wentz to Pittman finished 55th. That's not great. So Matt Ryan coming into Indianapolis, Matt Ryan was better at accuracy at pretty much every accuracy statistic than Carson Wentz. And so with that improved quarterback play, I think that Pittman Jr., especially considering that there's nobody there to really steal targets for him, has the potential to finish as the top five, top three, and even top one receiver in the league this season. He's going to command a lot of targets and they're going to be quality targets. Second on the all-upside team is Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos. He is currently being drafted as the 22nd wide receiver off the board. So an insane stat about Cortland Sutton is that he has a career 38% end zone target share. That is wild. It means that when his team is throwing into the end zone, he is getting those looks. And guess what? This season, he's going to be getting those looks from Russell Wilson, who came over from Seattle, who is an elite red zone quarterback and is also an elite deep ball quarterback. Speaking of, Cortland Sutton had the highest average depth of target among any receiver with over 90 targets last season. That means that Cortland Sutton, elite deep ball receiver, gets the ball thrown to him deep, and now he's getting a great deep ball quarterback. Sign me up. Cortland Sutton, top 10, top 5 upside this season. Next up is Gabriel Davis, who has an ADP of wide receiver 31. If you listen to my wide receiver episodes, Gabriel Davis was on my sell list. Check out that episode if you want more on why I'm not buying Gabriel Davis. Now, here is why Gabriel Davis does, while he carries a lot of risks, he does have a lot of upside. Starting in week 14 last season, he beat out Emmanuel Sanders and began being used in two wide receiver sets for the Bills. That means that he was on the field a lot starting in week 14. The last six games, he saw over 80% of the offensive snaps in Buffalo. In the four regular season games, he averaged 13.7 fantasy points, which is just okay, but he saw over eight targets only one time. So if you think that he's going to see more than eight targets a game this season, which I think is a possibility considering Buffalo is going to be throwing the ball a lot, Davis has a chance to vastly outperform that ADP. And in that explosive Buffalo offense, the way we saw him light it up against Kansas City in the playoffs, if that becomes the norm, Davis does in fact have top five upside at the wide receiver position. Looking outside the top 40, Kadarius Toney makes my all-upside team. He is currently being drafted as the 44th wide receiver off the board. I got to credit Alex Caruso on Twitter for this stat. As a rookie, Kadarius Toney saw over two yards per route run in 2021. Every other first-round rookie who posted that number finished as a wide receiver one in fantasy in their career. So that means that at some point in his career, Kadarius Toney is going to finish as wide receiver one. Well, 
I mean, maybe not, but that seems to bode well for him to continue that trend. New York is going to be an improved offense this season with Brian Dable and with a healthy Saquon Barkley. And so if Kadarius Toney is able to become their number one, I like his chances to finish in the top 15 and top 10 this season. I think he has a lot of upside in that improved offense over there with the Giants. I'll give a bonus one for wide receivers, and that is Sky Moore. He is currently being drafted outside the top 50 as wide receiver 51. Now, Scott Moore is a rookie in Kansas City, and it is important to note that Tyreek Hill, as a rookie, finished as wide receiver 25 and only saw 83 targets on his way to finishing as wide receiver 25 that season. That was with Alex Smith at quarterback. Tyreek Hill's third year, his first year with Patrick Mahomes, he finished as wide receiver 3. Now, I'm not saying that Sky Moore is Tyreek Hill, but I'm saying that Sky Moore has the potential to be used similarly to Tyreek Hill. He's very athletic. Andy Reid is one of the most creative offensive minds in all of football. And like he did with Tyreek Hill as a rookie, if Andy Reid wants to put the ball in your hands, he's going to find creative ways to put the ball in your hands and get you opportunities to score fantasy points. So Scott Moore being drafted outside the top 50 because of the situation he's in in Kansas City, it would not shock me if he finished as a top 10 wide receiver this season. So there you have it. That is my all upside team for 2022. Those are the guys at their positions that have the best chance to finish in the top 10 or top five, or maybe even one at their position this year. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want more statistics like the ones that I quoted in this season, please be sure to head on over to patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks for my 2022 fantasy football draft guide. I promise it will pay for itself. All right, thanks for listening, and I will see you guys next time. 